edition of the Mindset Game Podcast, and I'm your host, James Robert. I'm a two-time Paralympian, online training and nutrition coach, and owner of James Robert Fitness. You can find more of my content by going to my website, fitamputee.co.uk. But before we get started with today's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners. And if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And on today's show, I've got Jacoby Gilliam. He is a former Warcon Division One student athlete on a mission to help change the culture for athletes and student at sports media through the power of being real and authentic. Every athlete and brand has a story to share that can inspire another on their journey, and he's going to help them share that with Nine Point Media. So welcome on to the show, Jacoby. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me. So before we delve into today's episode, can you talk us and walk us back through the journey? Probably if you start back in high school and obviously what was the idea behind going to become a walk-on? Yeah, so like 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 most athletes here in the state, you know, I wanted to go D1. You know, that was the big picture. That was the whole idea of like my whole journey, my whole purpose. I wanted to be a Division One college athlete. I wanted to, you know, like I I wanted to be I, my, my my main sport was um was football. So I thought you know like I know I'll be on, I'll be on NCAA football. I'll be able to play myself in the game. You know, kind of have that you know that my player career. And I was like I always had that persona. That's what I wanted to be. And and I was kind of. I was kind of the underdog when athlete. I didn't understand the, the recruiting process. I didn't understand why I did not follow my coach's job to get me recruited. So my senior year, I was, I was still kind of left with no offers. You know, I was getting letters here and there. And I was having a pretty good season. Then my senior year, mid-year, I tore my ACL. I, I got hit um, kind of awkwardly and landed wrong. And my ACL tore. And, and it kind of hit me like, okay, what next? I was a senior with no offer. I had smaller schools that wanted to give me money to go to play there, like NAIA type stuff. My ego was telling me, no, nah, man, your, your goal was D1. And and so Oklahoma was like my dream school. So I got in, I got in on academics and I was like, all right, let's try to walk on there and let's just see where it happens. Because my mom told me, she was like, you can go to one of these smaller schools and say and say you get hurt again. And if you, if you get hurt again, we'd be happy going there for a year. We'd be happy, happy going, going, going to your dream school. So I was like, we have at Oklahoma. So I went to OU. And talk to me about the the mindset, and this is something you you discussed recently on your show about what is the fixation of every young American's boy's dream of playing Division One football. And I really don't know. It's just like you just. I think it's the lifestyle, or just you know that the status of being to say, I I achieve that level of success. You no. Know? The, the, like like we kind of see like being a D one athlete you, 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 like in America we kind of gla- we kind of glamour gla- kind of glamorize that, that experience we have these big you know signing day shows on 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 all the sports media sites the paper gets there you have the the fans you have your family you have everybody behind you like you find you kind of you kind of find out that eleven ten thing I'm going D one so I think it's just kind of having that status like I made it kind of feeling if that makes sense. But on the other hand, you've gone, you didn't get the offer that you wanted to, but you still managed to 
be able to accomplish what probably not a lot of athletes get to do is go where they where their first preference of choice is. Yeah, I got I got lucky. Like I like honestly, like Oklahoma kind of kind of got me in, if, like 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 academically, kind of like, like last minute. So like it was like a, like a, a grace of God type thing that I even got in Oklahoma. You know, because like my my ACT wasn't that great. I was, you know, I had like a three point three GPA, but it was nothing crazy. You know, my ACT wasn't that good. So it was like how I got in, it was kind of like lucky type deal. So I was like, okay, if they're gonna accept me, might as well just kind of roll the dice and and just see where this walk on thing lands me. So I was walking on. I had, my goal was the was the football, but. I I reached out too late, so and Dragonfield was like, "Hey, we'll let you come try out." So I was like, "All right, this is my opportunity. Let's, let's do it." But out of interest, Jacoby, what was your um, major in? Was it journalism or business, or have you kind of gone on a tangent now, going into the media world? Yeah, man. So um, going into school, I was a marketing major, so business marketing. I kind of always had the, the kind of the the kind of the, the passion for kind of like the media, the kind of like the marketing, kind of helping share stories in a sense. So it kind of always was something that I always want to line. Like kind of looking back in my early days in high school, my my goal was always to go be a student athlete, maybe go pro, work for ESPN. So that was kind of like how I kind of lined myself out of how I wanted the journey to go. Didn't really work out that way, but it's kind of like my own kind of version of it. But do you, do you think in some instances, young individuals, especially the sporty ones, maybe set their goals too high, or do you think that's maybe an over over exaggeration? I think if you say if you, I think like if you, if you set your goals too low, you're gonna you won't achieve everything you want to achieve. You know, like if I would have set my goal to to go D three. I there's nothing wrong with going D three, but I may have not have tried to work out as hard because it would have been a different journey. Try to try to get noticed, try to get you know the faster time, try to get the extra rep in. So I think it kind of it's like it's almost like that mindset of kind of thing. If my goal was big, I need to make sure I'm doing the thing to kind of make sure I'm kind of able to achieve that level of. Of, of goal or that level of purpose that I'm trying to achieve that makes sense well, yeah exactly and obviously you you, you kind of aligned yourself with track and field were you a track and field athlete in high school or or not really I was kind of I was a football guy that ran track so it was more it was more of like the off season thing to kind of make sure you're kind of staying in shape and kind of you know like what else can you really do I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't good at basketball. I was too aggressive. So I was fouled out. So I was pretty decent at track. I could run a good third third leg on, on the relay. So it was always like my my second sport. So and I love this. You know, just the, the environment, the way, just the community. People just come together and just to run a few laps. So it was cool. And I'd like to get your take on this. Obviously, I've discussed this on a couple of shows in the past about. Obviously, you've got to be one sport dominant now to be able to succeed. Do you agree with that comment, or do you think you could still achieve, get to a highish level, even if you were 
potatoes, uh, a multiple sports athlete in high school? I think it depends on the athlete, but I've seen a lot of athletes that are that have been dual, triple, like doing three or three or four sports that have done great things. You look at like a lot of the, a lot of the guys now that are pro, they they play multiple sports. Like I know one guy from Oklahoma just got drafted, and any of the quarterback for Oklahoma, but we, had, but we got drafted to play baseball, you know. And I think it just really just depends on like each sport kind of gives you a little something that the other doesn't. Like track and field, track and field kind of gave me more of a sense of how to use acceleration, how to kind of use burst of speed. Football game, football game, football, football kind of kind of gave me more of that intensity, that kind of that aggressiveness that I needed. Basketball kind of taught me how to, you know, be more light on my feet. So I think each sport kind of gives you something that you can really use in, in the other. Just depending on how you kind of have your mindset of how you kind of use each sport in each lesson in the game. I like the fact that you come back to the, the the mental side of things, and obviously, if we come back to your your ACA injury and being a probably a young athlete, what kind of mind frame did that put you in? Because you talked about the fact that you weren't getting any offers. Were there more signs of doubt that is like, well, will I ever achieve my goals at a higher level? Yeah, man. So when I told my ACL, I went through this anxiety, depression, really kind of just funk because all my life I was Kobe the athlete. All my life, that's who everyone knew me. I was the athlete. So once I kind of lost that identity, I didn't know who I was as a person, really, because of like I didn't understand what I was good at after after that. Like what can like what can Kobe do? You know, if he's not on the football field, like what? Who is this guy? And so that put me through kind of mentality, trying to figure out who I who I was, and kind of kind of me kind of fall in love with with marketing more. I kind of had I kind of had, had, had like I kind of had to like rely on my my brain more than just the bronze. And it kind of put me that men- mentality that it, it made me mentally strong because the, the rehab process for ACL injury is. It's, it's brutal if you've if ever, ever gone through it. It just looks like it's like a six month to nine month process. You, know, you have to train yourself to to know that you got to take one day at a time to try to you know try to get your your knee back back mobility. You got to get your quads back stronger. You got to work on being able to walk again, how to run. And I think it's just a mental process kind of taught me how to keep pushing myself to take it day by day, but still have a bigger picture in mind. But also, Jacoby, is there a little bit of self-doubt in the back of your mind? Because once you have that first initial ACL injury, the knee isn't 100% ever again. Oh, oh, I, I doubt for at least at least a couple months. And and what helped me is um, I had a a a, a personal trainer that I used to go, that I was I was going to since like. I think junior high, Eddie Jackson, and I remember he he told me one day he was like Jacoby, the only way you're gonna get through this is if you're a praying man, and and it kind of taught me you know like it kind of kind of made me kind of get more that I wasn't alone in the journey type mentality, you know like my faith kind of helped me really kind of give me that mindset that mentality to kind of understand that there's nothing you can't do if you know if you have you have God you have your faith somebody's like knowing that you can you're not alone on it. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. But coming coming back to the fact that you had that ACL, 
and then you went into do track. Did you find that the initial acceleration you had before the injury versus post injury was would would it have been significant or or you couldn't or was not really that much? Yeah. Okay. So okay, I understand now. So. So in the sense of the ACL, the ACL recovery is normally nine months. And when I told my ACL, I tore it in October, had surgery in November. So in order to walk on in Oklahoma, I had to try to be, be like kind of full speed sprinting by like, like before August because school started in August. So I recovered in six months instead of the full nine and ultimately, I thought, I, I thought I was ready. You know, I was running, I was jumping and everything like that. And then I got to college and I realized like, oh, snap, they're doing hand clean. They're doing power clean, they're doing box jumps. All this pressure in my knee was not really ready for it. I remember those days when my knee was just swollen. And I was trying to just fight it through. And, and honestly, that, that freshman year, I was walking on trial and I was trying out for the team. And we had our first meet, I want to say it was like January 20th. Um, of, and, and like, and that was kind of like, that was, that was kind of like my big me kind of show that I was able to be a D1 athlete on the team. And we were doing block starts on, I think it was like three or before. So maybe like January 17th. And we were doing like one of our next to last block starts and the coach fired the gun. I come out the blocks. I'm like mid stride and like my hamstring just, and, and I, I was like, oh crap. I thought, you know, just walk it off. And like, I couldn't really run. It felt like it was like almost torn in the sense. So my back of my mind, I'm like, can we, can we run this, this first meet? You know, I went and got the trainer. Then we, we, we iced it. We stem. We did all this, you know, Kinesi tape. We did all this other stuff. And the day of that meet, I, I, I couldn't do it. Like I could have ran and it, it wouldn't, it would have been utter embarrassment. I probably would have fell off of the blocks and just on the ground on the ground. And so I couldn't run. And I I tell the coach that day, I was like, yo, I like I can't go. And the the meet happened. I couldn't run. The next day we had practice and he was just like, hey man, you know, maybe try again next year. Cause I couldn't secure my spot on the team. So I couldn't run. So there's like, there's no need to have you on the team this year. And 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 ultimately that, that was almost as worse as tearing my ACL because it was almost the first the first in my life that someone told me that I was I was I was good enough to be an athlete, and my ego didn't know how to take it because I always been told to be the athlete again, and I was I was back at square one, like who am I now? This is, this is something I worked six months for to prepare to walk on here, and I felt like I failed. I remember at home, mom, and I, I told I told what happened, and I was just crying because I didn't know like. I'm back to being Kobe the student, and then I was ready for that. So yeah. But in hindsight, Kobe, do you think you you maybe accelerated the recovery process too fast? Oh, definitely. But but it pushed me to a new level, though. It pushed me to a level that I didn't know was possible because I think what helped me too to kind of make sure. I, they kind of do that too fast was at at people behind me that believed in my dream as well. Like I had a, I had a PT that was saying, all right, Kobe, if, if you, if you, if you want to do this, let's, let's, let's make it happen. You know, because she's a former athlete as well. She's like, Hey, if you like it, it's possible. You no, know, I, I had a surgeon who was saying, all right, 
he was, he was saying, right, if you want to do this, let's do it the right way. Let's make sure you're rehabbing the right way. Make sure you're doing exercises, X, Y, Z. So I think having people behind me that believe in my dream is just, just, just as much as I did really helped me want to keep pushing and keep going faster than I need to go. But you talk about those, obviously, those knockbacks to your ego now, being the one, first one in high school and then the one in college being told you're not good enough to, to be on the team. What did you have to find within yourself to kind of get over that hurdle? Because being knocked back once is bad enough, let alone twice. It, my ego just, I, I, don't know, it, I don't know, it wasn't the ego of fear of failure, but it was the fear of, I guess, of letting myself down. And, and it was the fear of, of knowing that I would have to admit, admit, kind of show people that I didn't achieve the goals that I failed to achieve. And then I think for me, it was that internal pressure just made me want to keep trying to figure this out. So I remember like, I, I, I emailed the coach and I was like, hey man, like, I won't try this again. Because cause, cause like, I never, I've, I've never like quit anything in my life. And and I feel like if I don't try to begin and try to, and kind of know, kind of know what I'm capable of, if I quit now, I know I can't like undo this. So I, I told him, I like, him, he was like, all right, let's try it again next year. And I think when your ego, e- your ego is kind of a good and a bad thing sometimes. It can, it can, it can, it can, it can get you on the, on the track, but then it can also get you, you know, stuck in the blocks because you, 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 you teach what's in your head. But do you think, and I don't know, this might be a little bit of generalization now. Do you think athletes are worse for that kind of mentality? Personally, I know I struggled with that a lot. That was, my, that was like my biggest downfall when I came to track and field. I was in my head so much. Like at practice, I would be great. I would be running you know, good time compared to like the guys that are on scholarship, whatever, I would be hitting the mark like and stuff like that. But I, I got into a meet, I was in my head so much thinking I need to run this time to show my coach that I'm able to really be a student athlete. I'm able to really do this. So I peered and then like I get in the block, I like freeze. So I think I was in my head so much in my ego because I wanted to I wanted it so bad that I I, I lost the fun in it when it came to meet day. At practice, it was fun. At practice, I was just having fun. I was just, just running, just running free. You know, it, it was like it was like it was like four I just ran. You know, and then I got to, I got to meet. I was so into. I got to perform. I got to perform. I got to run this time. I got to got to beat this guy next to me. That I lost track of my own lane. That's 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 a weird one in, in terms of that though, just from the outside perspective, because and this is probably more so towards athletes listening, it's more it's more difficult to get yourself to be driven to get the, how do I put this, the excitement factor or the enjoyment out of practice, whereas generally you get a kick out of the competition element. But I see where you're coming from in terms of it's kind of a, Ego, egotistical mentality in terms of you're trying to beat your peers uh, as opposed to, and I can't remember on the flip side what it's called, but as opposed to just want to better yourself. Yeah, I, well, I know for me, like, 
it's that quote, you know, kind of just kind of stay in your lane type deal. And at practice, it would, it would, it would just be Kobe, you know, it would just, we'll, we'll do, we'll do runs and like, it would, it would just be Kobe versus Jacoby in the lane. But then when it's, when it's me day, it was Jacoby versus the guy to my left, guy to my right, got the guy next to him, next to him. And in my head, instead of kind of staying on me running in my, my lane here and here and kind of keeping those blinders, I would know that this guy here runs around run the 10-5. So I, I, know, I know he has a good block start. The guy next to me, he runs a 10-6, and he has a great acceleration at the finish line. So for me, I was thinking about everybody else but myself. And so, so when the gun fired, I, 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 I can remember what Kobe did well. And... And I would run slow, and I was like, "All right, what's the thing? What, like, what am I doing?" And I, it didn't happen every time because I couldn't get outside of my own lane. Jacoby, do you think also it could be because of the fact that, and I, and I don't quote me on this, but in high school, in terms of the football preparations, do the players actually go into depth and look at the the frailties of an opposition? Do you mean like like what well like study your opponent type deal? Yeah. Yeah, in a sense like I know like we did in my school, we did a lot of like like, you know, we'll watch how linemen move, watch how running back, you know, cut, how they move and XYZ. So for me, yeah, we would like like you study your, your opponent in that in that sense. Do you, do you think deep down, like subconsciously, your brain was still stuck in that kind of gear then once you moved to track and field? No, no. I think for me, it was still stuck on that freshman year getting cut from the team. I think I was still in that mindset of, you know, if I run bad, I could be cut from the team, and and and, and, and that carried me through my through my through my my season because I was always scared, you know, like if I run a bad race, they may let me go again, and and I don't want that to happen. So I put all this pressure on myself to try to figure out how can I run faster. How can I keep moving? And and I think and it kind of made me like maybe kind of freeze up in a sense. So it was almost like it's almost as I couldn't handle the pressure I was putting on myself to to so achieve. It's kind, of, it's kind of a reverse of having the chip on your shoulder, isn't it? Yeah, it. I can't speak for everybody else, but I know for me in track and field, having when you, when you, when you, when in track and field, if you're too tense. You're, you're you're running slow, you know. It's all about kind of being loose and kind of having that 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 flow and and whatnot and and like so like my, myself when I was so in my my thoughts about having to have the best block start, how to have the best drive phase, how to have the best finish. I was so tense because I was like, I gotta I gotta get this, I gotta, I gotta get this, and I didn't get it. And and ultimately, you know, it it I, I would I would say I underachieved at what I I want to do as a kind of the time spent, but kind of ultimately why I kind of start nine point in a sense because I want to help athletes achieve what I wish I would have achieved and kind of got to give them that resource to kind of help them hear from other athletes and how they achieve their version of greatness in a sense. Do you think, in in other words? It would be you've over, over, overwhelmed your senses because obviously if you compound it too much and you overthink things, you can't process the information quick enough. Yes, and 
from because you when you when you that thing in track and field it it you know it it is running, you know it just it just you should just be, you know just boom 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 just you're up and down up and down up and down, and when you're when you, when you're thinking about every little thing how how the guy next to you is is coming out of his transition how they're going to finish how their arm moving instead of focusing on you and your arm going. Yeah, you're you're gonna be be I, I run the time use. I think it was a lot of over sensory and kind of just over overthinking the process when it could have been just so simple. Oh yeah, but you 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 put it too modestly though. It's it's not <laughs> it's not as simple as just running though, is it? It's it's because the difference between uh, say somebody running around in a field as opposed to being technically proficient on a track is miles but miles apart well I'll, I'll put it back to this way because at practice it's, it's easy at practice it's just you're, just you're just having fun and you're just flowing you're just running up and down that's what i mean by like it was like it's just simple because at practice you're just just flowing well for me that's the way it was like i would just be flowing it was just it was easy it felt like you know like like it was hard practice but it felt like the, like it felt like i was moving it felt like you know it, there was no like I remember while I was rowing it was there was no thoughts about what was happening it would just go it was almost like muscle memory but then in the meet it became what are you doing how do you, how do you do this how do, how do you run and that's what I mean by it just be simple when it when it comes to the do you think also there's that heightened and you talked about it from a the coaching perspective of being, you could be dropped at any minute. But do you think because the NCAA is put on a pedestal in the US, because of that media spotlight, do you think that had an impact to some degree as well? Um, not for me. You know, I, I was a walk-on that, that no one knew. So there, there, was, there was no eyes on me to do anything above the ordinary, you know? So really it, it came down to just me out doing what Kobe needed to do. And, and I think for a lot of athletes, it's another sport that probably is hard for them because it, it is the eyes are all on you to achieve. And, and then when you don't achieve, may, other media sites want to bash you on not knowing why you didn't achieve. No, they, they want to, they want to say you aren't focused. They want to say you're, you're doing X, Y, Z, and maybe, 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 like you just had like a bad test the day before, and you're kind of bummed about it, you know. So I think it's kind of important that sports media going forward tries to understand the athlete and and why they do what they do before just judging them without knowing their story. Eh, that's a good argument, but then their job is to create news, isn't it? Doesn't they don't you probably don't delve deeply into the mindset of a person. You can't because you you don't know what's going in inside between those two ears. Uh, but I think you have a valid point there that they should be more understanding, especially of a student athlete, because at foremost, the words say they they speak for themselves. They are a student first, so they've got to they've got to succeed in the classroom, but. On the other hand, and as you can attest to, it's a business. Yeah, that that's totally true. But 
the way I the way I look at it is if 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 say someone's married, right, and their their wife their their, 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 their wife is having a bad day, they're gonna ask why are you having a bad day. They don't want to, they they want to understand why she's feeling that way instead of just judging her for 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 being moody and mad. And I think it's like when I'm doing nine point is I want to make it so where we're telling stories that are actual stories for athletes who like we're not judging them on their film because in the, the day we're all human. Athletes are kind of are kind of made out to be invincible, but in the, the day they're just they're they're somebody's mom. I mean, they're somebody's dad. They're somebody's brother. It's my sister. It's my son. It's my daughter. You know, and we're we all go through the motions, ups and downs, and we shouldn't judge them without knowing what they're going through because every because everyone's going through something, right? You know, and we kind of try to understand, have more hum, kind of more more humanity in the process instead of just saying, "Oh, they're 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 trash as an athlete. They're not focused. You know, they're they're bust. Like, come on, but yeah." Well, that's that's always a harsh one, a bus, because you're comparing it to somebody else. So it's like, well, oh, the the other argument you could say for for sakes is the well, big one all the time in the news is LeBron versus Jordan. So it's like, well, and I had this argument with my my, my well, not an argument for say discussion with my father yesterday about it. It's like, well. You, they talk about the greatest of all time. Well, you could probably have an argument for every star throughout the NBA history as to why that person was the best. So it's like, well, he's not... You could argue he's not the greatest in terms of NBA finals, but to make eight in a row is still an achievement. So true, I call it, you know, like a nine point. I say like like achieve achieve your version of greatness because really, how do you define greatness? It's it's like you know it's like it's kind of a personal opinion. You know, for some people, it may greatness may be winning one championship. For me, greatness was was, was being a D one athlete. That was like my version of greatness because that's the level I wanted to achieve. So it's like, how do you define greatness for someone else? Like Jordan is great, but so is Will Chamberlain. You know, LeBron is great, but so was so was Shaq, so was Kobe, so were like you no, know, they all had had the version of greatness and what they were they were able to achieve. So, like, how do you define one one version of greatness? You can't, you can't really, because like yeah. you said, that's if you could you could debate, argue, uh, give your own opinion on why that person is okay. You, you need to accept the other person's. Uh, side of the coin the coin so but like you say it's they are they are good at their time for what they did they've all uh, how would i put this um added something to the sport and influenced a generation and obviously the, 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 each person have got their time where they've, they've preferred the sport and things like that but like you say, you can't you can't really determine what is greatness. Exactly. Well, it's like it's like subjective almost. And this is a question I should have asked you earlier in the show. For the listeners, obviously the ones in the US would know of Oklahoma being well, a powerhouse in football, uh, well known in basketball. But in the likes of track and field, 
where would it rank amongst? Uh, they they they're grow they're a growing program right now. Like they're really they're doing doing some great things. Um, like my sophomore year, they got a, a new head coach and. He, he he came in with with a different mentality, you know, like like you know, like we want to win, we want to we want to be one of the best type mentality, you know. And he kind of kind of threw that with his coaching staff and his athletes. So they're they're really starting to make make waves in the in the national ranks. Like the the the, the women's team is coming really strong. They had a few people go go to nationals. I'm going like you know the 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 like the the U.S. trials that are like going on now. So. It's really, I would say, they're really a growing program because they kind of feel a new culture in the in the program. So it's really exciting to see. But why do you think that there there had to be a changing culture? Because from the outside perspective, and this is probably a generalization to the whole country now, the world at large probably sees the U.S. as at times, and this is probably a little bit general generalization of the whole country now a bit brash very overconfident but why do you think there had to be a culture change at, at the, your university though it was you know it's in the sense of each person has their own personality and their own way of how they how they instill confidence or whatever in their team and i, I, I don't know if was, i wasn't there that long but i would say like like Coach V, he, he brought a mentality of just like you know, like we're a team, and I, I was like with him, it was kind of like, it was like we're all going to be one unit. Like like we had meetings every every Wednesday, that that there was like attendance for. So it kind of made us to where people were like, you knew the person that was on the distance team, the sprint team, the the throws team, the multi team. So we kind of came like a unit, and I think that kind of that's really important. Track and field people think that's so individualized, but you need that guy that's a jumper to score well at conference for you to for you to win the win the championship. So you, you need you need that thrower to to throw a, get at least three points in the, in, in, their, in the discus. So I think kind of made, kind of made us to where we were kind of like we knew we wanted to help, we wanted to see each other succeed because we knew if that person succeeded next to us, we're going to achieve our big our big goal. So I think like his, his, he kind of brought that mentality like, hey, we're one team, but not we're not just individuals doing our own events. Do you think Jacoby now that, that that mindset that people have or the, the perception of track and field is very individualistic is because they focus too much set per se on say the world championships, the Olympics, um, the other one has now eluded me. But looking at those perspectives where it is all about bar say the relays is about the individual performance. Yeah, I, I believe like when, like when you get pro, it's probably come, it probably comes becomes more of an individualized thing. Unless you're like you know at a training camp, or whatever. When you have like you know teammates that you're kind of working out with type deal, you kind of want them to do that because it kind of helps you push you to do better. But like college, you know, it's the team. You know, you your your end goal is to win conference. Your end goal is to win NCAA's. So you kind of want that person next to you, whether they're in your event or not, to do well. And I did, uh, talking on this next point, obviously you, you raise these uh, type questions or how would you put it? Um, opinions, polls of people as to why they believe a certain conference, and you probably know what I'm talking about now, uh, in terms of why do they succeed 
both, and I think you looked at it both academically and in the sporting context, didn't you? Oh yeah, I, I did a, a little poll over like um, on, on the on the nine point Instagram, like what's the better com- what's better, what's better overall conference, and me being a Big Twelve guy, you know, I was a little, I was a little biased. But it's funny kind of seeing all these, all the other athletes saying they're saying ACC, SEC, you know, Big Ten, Pac, Pac, is it Pac, Pac, Pac Ten, you know, all like that. And it was, it was cool to kind of see people perspective. Me, but like, you know, academics wise, it's important to them. But I think we all kind of all have our own perception of, you know, so I'm, I'm back, I'm back to like the merging the greatness stuff, you know. It's like, but, but then the argument of, per se, the ACC and, say, the SEC, do you think there's a little bit of a media bias towards those, con- more, more so, so from, from a sporting context now? Honestly, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would say they, they're, they're winning more. So it kind of helps, you know, when, like, like, like when you have teams that are really producing championships, it's kind of easier to say, you know, they're a better conference, you know, so it's easy to get, to get more, because like a lot of things with like standard and media, they, they're, they're based on the ad, they're based on the revenue they're bringing in. So you want to go show the winner, you want to show, you know, the, the Alabama of the world, because you want to, you want to make your, your money. And and like it's something like I kind of thought of when I started nine point is like that's great, but I want to showcase the stories of the athletes that are in the smaller conferences because cause who says their story can inspire somebody else that's going to be in that same conference? You know, like why then just because we, we always hear the big name story, we like we like like the smaller stories, you know. Well, I think when it's on like mainstream news, you're only going to hear like that kind of story if it's say, uh, and we use the, like a biblical reference now, say David, David versus Goliath. That's the only time you're going to see it in mainstream. Yeah, the the, the, the underdog story, and and that and that's great. We all we all love an underdog, but what about what about James who 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 just broke his leg? And it, it, it's coming back, you know, to be his, to run his, to play, to play his senior basketball. You know, he could easily quit. He could, he could easily, you know, call to quit and, you know, and, and hang it up. But he's like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't be my team that, that, that last run. You know, and that could inspire that, that, that could inspire me when I was a high school kid to kind of hear that story and like, all right, let's do bounce back. How can I do it? You know, so I think it's like, I believe this is something I believe really, really important here that each person has a story that they can share that can inspire somebody else. But I think a lot, but a lot of times we're scared to share it because, because we, don't, we don't think it's important. We don't think our story is going to help somebody else, but really, it really can. No matter how big or small it may seem, your story can impact somebody else. So, so say for you, we're talking talk on the podcast, you know, how you went from sport to sport, kind of found your purpose in, in the rowing after sort of swimming, you know? how you kind of found your, your joy and kind of found something that you're really good at and you're like, all right, I want to go for this. And you, like you were saying, it was your first time doing it and you're like, I got this. You know, your story can inspire someone that's going through the same process when it comes to being, you know, a Paralympic athlete and whatnot. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I'm probably, a little, well, you could say it's a bit humble, but I kind of, at the time, thought nothing of it because, oh, it's a transition Okay, I didn't expect to be, and I, and I probably mentioned it on your show, 
to be that good off the bat, okay, I pr- improved from year one to when I finished, but to be able to pick it up so quickly, I th- never thought in a million years that would happen, but there's got to be some, and I think probably sports people themselves, we're quite multi-talented, we're able to do similar to, well, I would say swimming and rowing is very similar, other than the, uh, the kind of the aerobic component of it, but you're able to shift the mindset, say, perspective onto a different, well, if this is going to get me to point B, so be it. Let me use this as a vehicle. And that, see that, see that point there, like, like at first you thought it wasn't important, you know, and, and, it's, and it's like, and, it, and, and like your story is a, it's a good story because it shows how you just, how you just went for it. You know, and I think that's something that people can really can can inspire by because they can just say you didn't you didn't let the not knowing how to how to do it that was probably from going after it. You know, so that's something I other people don't really know from just anything and anything in sports. Just like story, your story matters. It doesn't matter if you're you know Division One, D two, D three, Olympian, you know, semi pro, pro. It just your story can inspire somebody. And one person can get inspired by you. You, you, did, you did something right. And then, my, well, this is probably not a question now, but you kind of did another poll. Oh gosh, what was it? Not 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 long before the World Cup started. From a from a mental perspective, now, okay, some most of the Americans probably tend tuned off because the national team is not in it. But from your perspective now. Has it been quite? It's not been a, a, a World Cup that you can predict. You, there's been results that you're thinking, okay, this is this has come out of left field now. It's like, what? Well, I didn't expect that at all. Do you think? What do you think? And it's quite a difficult question to answer. The, the perception of the, the the teams that are supposedly the underdogs are doing to be able to be on par. Because the skill level, and this is an argument they had on t- on our national television, I think a couple of days ago, uh, in terms of, and I didn't agree with it because it was like, because uh, they have too much time off between preparation and the start of the World Cup, but that's not going to differentiate between a supposedly world class player and well, it's probably too harsh a word, but mediocre, because they both they've all had the time off. So to say that the um, the better player needs freshness, uh, what other words did they use? Um, but they need time to to get their skill set up. I think was total rubbish because it was going to be the same for the other players that, that are supposedly not as talented. Because it's like, well, they've had the time off; they're not as on the ball, so to speak. Uh, so I thought the argument was quite null and void. I, yeah, it's funny that you say like so. Yeah, so on the poll, it was like the school. It was the team, you know, like Spain, England, Portugal, Germany, Berlin, Mexico, and and there was one kid. He commented like, "Mexico, what a joke!" On there, and I was like, I I, I commented, I was like, I, I was like, all 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 underdog needs is an opportunity. That's all we need. Opportunity, like if 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 you put Mexico and Germany on the field, they have the same amount of time, the same amount of time, half possession. And if you have the opportunity to make most of it, 
you're gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. I think it can come with anything, anything you do. Like opportunity would have come down to you and 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 who makes the most of it. But only opportunity. So I think it's what it come down to whether you're, you know, like I was not not like I wasn't that good. Like I wasn't like a like, like every runner. But I beat a few guys on scholarships, and it wasn't and it wasn't because. I was that much better. I had that opportunity, not, and I made the most of it. Just that race, you know. I mean, another race, I would have lost to them. But I think that's what it comes down to: opportunities and kind of just we're all getting the same opportunities to make most, most most of them. But then, Jacoby, some people might argue now, and this is the old old age old saying now that you wanted it more than them. Yeah. That that's definitely true. Opportunity, like you say, saying like you're you're the the, high, the higher team, you're kind of thinking it's gonna be a breeze. Then the other guy has an opportunity to kind of show you that that they are that they are able to be on that stage. They wanted more, made most of the opportunity. So I think that's definitely true. But obviously, going forward now, um, you're trying to grow your brand and whatnot. And obviously the podcast is probably going from strength to strength. Uh, cause you're getting, uh, more and more, very much that, even though like the most recent one you put, you put out, touched a chord with me in terms of, uh, you, you kind of reflect on as an athlete, you've got this, you could say goal and you put it on a pedestal. And you don't quite make it. You kind of evaluate, reevaluate yourself, and say, "Well, like you've you've attested to, it's that adversity in the knockbacks, and you kind of, uh, kind of re- you need to reevaluate yourself and uh, and whatnot." But what would be kind of your two cents to give to athletes that are having those kind of troubles? They are. I probably, to some degree, did have an inkling of, of that self-doubt, whereas oh, I'm, I, I, I perceive myself as just this one identity. But what would you say for them to kind of do or to kind of reinvent the wheel, so to speak, to not have the, the problems that you, you had arise? Honestly, I think what helped, helped me the most was kind of having developing a a sense of self kind of understanding who i who i was and worth and out so so once kind of kind of understand who you are kind of you can you, you kind of like kind of have this this kind of perception of yourself that that no one can really kind of dig into really so or so, so like for me i kind of realized that i'm the colby gillum i love marketing i love storytelling but i also love being an athlete so, so the day that I had a bad practice, the day that I had a, a bad meet, I, I was able to kind of flip that switch and understand that I still have a, I still have a value in, in the marketing. I still have the value in it. So I think for any athlete kind of going through that, you know, that anxiety, that, that, that feeling, just kind of think about, you know, why you do what you do, why, why you love your sport, why do you pursue it? And I think, we kind of we kind of go, we kind of go back to like that sense of purpose, that value that that sport gives you. It kind of make makes it click to you know it just it, it was just one game, it was just one meet. Because there's so many times that I, I was just so depressed and I was just so mad. I was like, man, you should have ran faster. 
when but I knew but what I realized though add an add a new meet the next week to kind of do better. And I think if we can just get the mindset to know that that opportunities are going to be there for you, you just got to make the most of them when they come. Just and just, and just be ready for them. And then my final question for you, Jacoby, I, I think you've probably touched upon that a little bit, but we'll, we'll try and see if we can ink out a little bit more. But if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one, if you can. Oh, God, I lost my truth. I'll, I'll delete that bit now. Uh, if, if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? Oh, that's a tough one right there, man. All right, so let's see. I would say, take away for this episode is just to understand yourself as an athlete and as a, as a person outside your sport because when when you understand yourself it can help you achieve your version of greatness despite the outside noise and the outside pressure to be what the outside world wants you to be i think that's, so, I yeah. think that's a great quote to live by so once again jacoby thanks again for coming on the mindset game podcast hey jane the preacher you have me on man and before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short review as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it will be more visible in future to others and thus helping more people, which my guests and I are all about. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.